everybody out there in podcast land. This is the Weekly Impact Podcast, and I am Brent Smith. Today I have uh, Daniel Yelverton and constant recurring guest Michael Miller with us today. Um, and we'll just get right into it. We are at the end. Yes. We did it. <laughs> so uh, we are on Revelation 22, and today is Tuesday, April 10th. Um, so uh, we always read out of the ESV version of the Bible, and we'll just go ahead and get into the reading of the scripture here because it's a pretty long one today. Also, for uh, some of you listeners that don't go to Elevation Community Church, uh, we're doing the chapter a day, and we are starting back over in Matthew after Revelations 22. So if you're following along uh, on your own pace, uh, we'll be in Matthew uh, 1 on April 11th, and then continue through the Gospels. Yeah, basically starting over, right? Yeah. Yeah. And that means the next podcast will be like my favorite stuff, which should be somewhere around the Sermon on the Mount. Yep. Oh, man. (laughs) That's good stuff. (laughs) All right. So uh, we'll just go ahead and get into it. Michael, go ahead and take it if you would. Sure. Revelation 22, starting with verse 1. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, bright as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. Through the middle of the street of the city also, on either side of the river, the tree of life with its 12 kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit each month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be any accursed, but the throne of God and the Lamb will be on it, and his servants will worship him. They will see his face, and his names will be on their foreheads. And night will be no more. They will need no light of lamp or sun, for the Lord God will be their light, and they will reign forever and ever. And he said to me, These words are trustworthy and true. And the Lord, the God of the spirits of the prophets, has sent his angels to show his servants what must soon take place. And behold, I am coming soon. Blessed is the one who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book. I, John, am the one who heard and saw these things. And when I heard and saw them, I fell down to worship at the feet of the angel who showed them to me. But he said to me, You must not do that. I am a fellow servant with you and your brothers, the prophets, and with those who keep the words of this book. Worship God. And he said to me, Do not seal up the words of the prophecy of this book, for the time is near. Let the evildoer still do evil, and the filthy still be filthy, and the righteous still do right, and the holy still be holy. Behold, I am coming soon bringing my recompense with me to repay each one with what he has done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Blessed are those who wash their robes so that they may have the right to the tree of life and that they may enter the city by the gates. Outside are the dogs and the sorcerers, and the sexually immoral, and the murderers, and the idolaters, and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you about these things for the churches. I am the root and the descendant of David, the bright morning star. The Spirit and the bride say, Come, and let the one who hears say, Come, and let the one who is thirsty come. Let the one who desires Take the water of life without price. 
I warn everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book. If anyone adds to them, God will add to him the plagues described in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God will take away his share in the tree of life and in the holy city, which are described in this book. He who testifies to these things says, Surely I'm coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with you all. Amen. 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 <laughs> so that is the end of Revelation 22 and the end of Revelation and also the end of the New Testament. Yeah. Um, obviously, we have been through Revelation. If you've been reading along with us and listening, you know that there's a lot of symbolism, a lot of um, things that are being talked about in this that you might not understand exactly what they're saying. Um, it is a prophecy. Um any context anybody wants to give on that? Well, I'll say quickly without like a lot of metaphoric detail and such. Um, isn't this chapter beautiful? Mm-hmm. It really I mean, is. You have this, you have this river of life and, and you have these, this fruit and these 12 different types of fruit and you have healing of the nations. You know, you have this thing of, of Jesus coming. Uh, you have a, like an interesting conversation that we'll get to in a bit, but uh, this interesting conversation with, with Jesus um, and people at the gates, um, and which seems to be some good news. I mean, uh, so th- I, I guess the the New Testament, the Bible, Revelation, kind of ends on a good note, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think it's really cool too that it goes full circle because it talks about the tree of life and the intentionality that God had from the beginning when He created man was to give them abundant life and to bless them with all these things. And mm-hmm. then uh, we quickly chose not to listen to God and not to trust God. And now it's kind of all being restored and being made new and mm-hmm. almost being it to the point where now it's better. And, but the tree of life is back yet. It's back. And yeah. we're able to enjoy what God had intended from the start. Um, but, you know, it's actually, it's amazing because that's all part of his plan. And now we're with him and he's with us. Yeah. So this, I mean, this is literally the tree of life from the Garden of Eden, correct? Yes. Yeah. 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 So uh, just a little bit of a background on this. Um, if you haven't been reading the chapters with us, this is after um, the triumph of Jesus over all evil, over mm-hmm. Satan. And everything has happened. Now there has been a new heaven and a new earth that has been established. So this is kind of laying out... Um, information in the visuals of what will be there, mm-hmm. right? So um, the river of water of life flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb through the middle of the street of the city. Um, on either side of the river, the tree of life and its 12 kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit each month. So, I mean, a lot of really cool visuals in that. Um, mm-hmm. What are the 12 kinds of fruit? Do you guys know what that is, what that's referring to? Sure, it's apples and oranges and bananas. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I saw that, and I didn't know if that was some kind of a... Well, we, we know that, that what they actually are, um, I, I'm not 100% sure, but, but what I can say is that the number 12 matters, because you know we, we, we have these 12 tribes of Israel. Mm-hmm. So there's, there, there's a bit of that about healing of, of the nation of Israel yeah. involved in that. But you know, beyond the specifics of, of the fruit, real quick, one thing that I think that this, this, this description of like this tree and this river... Uh, and all this stuff about, you know, heaven should kind of take away some of the mythological kind of feeling 
pictures that we have of heaven because mm-hmm. like <laughs> we have these pictures of heaven of like we're all wearing these white robes and of course that we do have some of that in this chapter sure but you know and, and we all have like these wings and we're all angels and we have these halos and we're we're floating on these clouds yeah. you know playing little harps you know <laughs> yeah that's not the picture that we really see here maybe yeah. aside from the robe piece which i think that's metaphoric anyway <laughs> but the, the, the thing is is that we see that there's a river and we see that there there are trees um, you know, we see this this nature, and we also see that that basically, um, uh, it seems to be that the curse is gone. Mm-hmm. So, this is like I think that heaven is going to be very much like the Garden of Eden. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be like the earth perfected. Yeah, you know, to where it's there. There's no sin. There's no there's no thorns. There's there's no you know things that will sting poor Daniel over here. You know. <laughs> It, it, it's going wait. to be like the earth perfected. So I think it's a bit more realistic than maybe we have it in our mind's eye. Yeah. And I thought it was interesting, too, that because, you know, you imagine and you hear a lot that when everything happens at the end, we all end up in heaven together. But I thought it was interesting that there's a new earth and a new heaven. Yeah. Daniel's got something over well, here. One thing they did <laughs> they did say about the 12 fruits is that it's a new fruit every month, and so it's a perpetual harvest. So there's a mm. perpetual celebration. There's a perpetual uh, joy that happens with every single month, every single day, because it's almost like there is a new harvest every single month. Mm. Uh, and so maybe, maybe that's some of the imagery that we get there. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think the... I think we do have misconceptions when we think of heaven. We think of it as like kind of choir practice sometimes, like yeah. where we're just sitting there like, oh, Jesus. Yeah. And that's, you know, and that's what we do for eternity, which can sound not like heaven. Yeah. And, and, uh, and but it, the fact that there's a new heaven and a new earth and even like the dimensions of, uh, of the new Jerusalem is massive. Mm-hmm. I mean, miles, like square, yeah. like, like, like hundreds of thousands of square miles. Yeah. And, it's just it's huge and so there i feel like there is something kind of like almost like how you have like creation and then you have creation kind of on both sides of Mm -hmm. the book like you have the original creation and then you have like this new perfected kind of creation yeah uh i think we will see uh that what we see right now and the things that we enjoy about earth and the beauty of earth and the beauty of the stars and the cosmos are kind of echoes and shadows of what's to come Mm. and so like there's something even greater that god is going to blow our minds when it comes to creation so when we see an amazing sunset we can think wow god is amazing and he is good and he is like creating amazing stuff but it's almost like we're just getting like the intro with earth like yeah. we're not getting the real deal when it comes to the new heaven and new earth and so i think for me that like it shifts my perspective a little bit that there's going to be this whole new creation where god is just going to constantly just blow our minds about how amazing and majestic and creative and beautiful he is yeah and um two things real quick one getting back uh being the worship leader here at church like until i understood how amazing worship is of God, I used to have a really hard time with the concept of spending eternity worshiping God because I imagined like, you know, people were having to worship Pharaoh or something back in the day where they're just like, 
you just you have to worship him and you're like whipped and stuff he, and you just have to so you do know brent is moving his arms up and yeah. down right now because you can't <laughs> see this and so he's kind of doing the, the i'm i'm gesturing for those who aren't <laughs> aware of what my hands are doing. and if you didn't see he did the air quotes for the word gesture I did. Oh, so. so um but i used to be like man that's gonna be a boring eternity like just sitting there worshiping god all the time but now that i have really grown and understand of what worship is and not just understand what it is, but experienced a very deep level of that with God and how amazing that is. Like I can't wait to spend eternity in that relationship with him. Um, But that was, I I say this because I'm thinking about other people that might be listening to this that don't have that understanding of that concept yet and are thinking the same thing. Like, it sounds like a pretty horrible eternity. I think we also have a very narrow view of what worship is. Because we yeah. think, well, Agreed. worship is when you go to church on Sunday and Brent sings this awesome song and we sing along, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Off-key and, 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 and yeah. terrible. And, and don't get me wrong, <laughs> that is worship, okay? And, and that's that's an awesome and huge component of worship. But um, the, the build ministry that yeah. ECC has, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, how we'll, we'll have guys come together and we'll build something and, and help either the church or help someone that needs help. Um, with with whatever kind of projects you know, and, and I'm not I, I I am terrible with a hammer, and 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 but I'll tell you what that's ministry too, and that's and, and that's worship. Mm-hmm. It's it's glorifying God with your body, not just with your voice. So there are a lot of things that we can do to worship God mm-hmm. than than just singing. And I and I can picture heaven there being more than just worship um, with singing. I, I can imagine yeah. even the arts. I mean. Think about what Ron Keith does, mm-hmm. and the and, and the uh, the beautiful, both ugly and beautiful at the same time. The picture of Jesus as he's being being beaten, and, and how we made art with our, our walkthrough for Good Friday, mm-hmm. and people painted that stroke on Jesus' back, mm-hmm. recognizing what it is that Jesus did for us. Mm-hmm. That's worship. So th- there's a lot more that goes into worship than just singing. And when I say just singing, Brent, don't don't get on me. On <laughs> no. me. I think you, I think you know what I, what I mean. By <laughs> Absolutely. That. And and that's what more than just music. What I was referring to, I guess, and I should have clarified, is just that connection, that relationship and connection you have with God in that moment when mm-hmm. you are deep in worship. And I mean, it just draws every emotion out of me possible. I laugh, I cry, I scream, I dance like. It's just an amazing connection with him. And for me, the strongest one comes through music, but everybody's geared in a different way in their worship of God. Um, Something else that's really cool, too, um, you know, Daniel, you talked about the um, sunsets and things on this earth just kind of being a a hint, a glimpse of his glory. Um, I think it's really cool how the descriptive terms that they have in here, it says, a night will be no more. They will need no light or lamp or sun, for the Lord will be their light, and they will reign forever and ever. I mean, just this never-ending light coming from the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, I have been a—I've had to hold a lot of, back from personal opinion on these revelation conversations that we've had because I am a big fan of the Left Behind book series, and a lot of my understanding of what revelation refers to comes from a lot of that. Um, but one thing that I will say about that book series is, man, when they get to this point, it's awesome. Like that is what I love to imagine that things will be like, Mm -hmm. you know, just constantly having access to God, constantly being in conversation and communication with Mm -hmm. him and having no barriers between you and him. And also being there with everyone else, you know, just like being in community in this relationship with God. Like it's, it's just an awesome awesome thing. I get really excited when I think about it. 
And I think what's also really cool is that if you can glean from other scripture, uh, you can see that, as Paul says in his letter, that no eye has seen, nor ear has heard, no mind can even comprehend what God has in store for those who love him. And so even when we imagine the greatest possible thing for heaven, mm. it doesn't come close. Yeah, It's yeah. not even close. And that's, I think there's so much anticipation uh, for this time when we're finally re- reconnected. And like you said, I think with, with uh, Michael, you brought up a great point about different parts of worship, because mm. I think worship is that relationship. And so when we, I, I can worship the Lord, you know, when I, I love, so one thing that I love to do when I was living in North Carolina is I love to go surfing. I loved that. And that was like a great connection. And I was enjoying God's creation and what he was doing. And so part of worship is, was me telling God, I'm so happy with what you're doing. And I'm so enjoying the things that you have given me and the things that are going on in my life right now. Like that's worship. Mm -hmm. And so there's, it's not just like the, uh, the kind of, you know, I'm doing the hand motion like Brent did. No, uh, it's not, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's not. It's not just that. I mean, it, it is like the ultimate enjoyment of connective connectiveness to God, yeah. and and experiencing all of the good gifts that He has for us is worship, and that's I I just can't wait. I mean, I can't wait to experience what it's going to be. Obviously, I can't wait. There's more things to be done <laughs> while we're here, but it just it there's so much hope and anticipation. Uh, for the goodness that God has before us. Mm, and it's yeah. all because of his great love. I mean, he yeah. He doesn't have to do any of this, but he just loves us. And so he wants to give us all this amazing things that he can create. Yeah, yeah I agree. You know, I know we're going a little bit off, but I have to mention another thing that <clears throat> when we talk about worship, because worship is a fun topic, isn't it? You know, because... I don't know about you guys, but I'm a big fan of Jesus. I've said that over and over again, but I really am. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I think it's interesting when you look at, I've been reading some books on, on physics. And I know people are like, oh no, you're reading about Big Bang and, and Stephen Hawking and Neil deGrasse Tyson. You're, you're terrible and you're a heretic and you're going to hell and all these things. But, but something that I've noticed with worship is, is I think learning about God itself is worship because you talk about connection. Mm-hmm. You talk, you know, if you want to have a good connection with your spouse, it's not that you maybe should worship her, but you, you want to talk with her. You want to learn about her. So, I think with God, we have something like that, too, that part of our worship is just learning more about him. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I mentioned physics is if you want to talk about art, learn a little bit about what's going on with creation. Mm-hmm. Learn a little bit about the, the cosmos, and it will blow your mind when you realize how big the galaxy is and, and how big the universe, how many galaxies are in the universe and the clusters of galaxies. I mean... It's infinite. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous mm-hmm. how, how huge the, the, the universe is and how, and how beautiful and how majestic God's creation is. So I, I encourage folks to read up on it, and it'll blow your mind just to see the artwork that God put forth. And I think that when, like, like how Brent being an artist, you know, the more you listen to, if you go on YouTube and listen to Brent's stuff, you know, and, and you hear it, <laughs> you, you feel like you know Brent more because, because you, you hear the art that he's created. When, when you experience an artist's work, mm. you have a greater connection with the artist. That's so point. I think the universe is God's artwork. I say get connected with it yeah. and, and worship God by learning more about him. That's that's a great point. And, and not only just the universe, I mean, I think one of the most fascinating things for me is learning about the human body Yeah, and just all the intricacies and all of the uh, the di- the intentionality with every single cell in our body that God has created. It just... 
it's staggering and and he's so creative he's so imaginative he has thought of everything his wisdom is infinite and daniel the human eye mm-hmm. i mean isn't that amazing oh yeah it's weird that i can see things like it's just this, the, like light comes in <laughs> yeah. and my 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 mind is able to to translate what it is even though it's flipped upside down and it, it's able <laughs> to understand it like it's crazy yeah yeah i mean yeah so anyways we could just literally just talk about all the amazing things about creation i feel like we need to to break into song now (laughs) i know go ahead brent so like i thought about this being worship leader being a music guy um a song that we've been doing here for a couple months now at the church is um so will i a hundred billion times by by bethel or not bethel by uh, hillsong and then uh, amanda cook at bethel also did a pretty popular version of it look it up um but you started talking about you know talking about science thinking that you're a heretic there's a line in that song that i was immediately taken to that i love and it says um god of your promise you don't speak in vain no syllable empty or void for once you have spoken all nature and science follow the sound of your voice boom Mm -hmm. there you go that's awesome. There you it go. Is, it know? is amazing. Um, so yeah, science, I mean, if God created everything, science is just our understanding, trying to understand everything that he created. So you can still have science. Now, granted, science has been given, you know, the, I don't know what the right word is, but people tend to think in science that God isn't real, and they try to use science to explain him away. Mm-hmm. Science is just a way of understanding everything on this earth. Absolutely. And who created everything on this earth? God. God did. So I don't think there's a problem talking about science at all. And and what I'm seeing, the more I study this stuff, the more that science is like proving God. It is. Yeah. Yeah. It's been it's been and, amazing. And let me share something with you too. I think it's a great to have an understanding of science because there are certain people like there's somebody right now that um I'm very close to that that is kind of on the verge of um coming to know Jesus, coming Mm -hmm. to accept God and believe that he's real. Mm -hmm. And something that really helped him start to understand more of that was through a scientific point of view. Because when we started talking about that kind of stuff to him in a group that we had recently, he said, this, this is exactly what I need to hear. He Mm -hmm. was like, because I've been taught all these things by school and by society about science and all this stuff that makes me believe that God isn't real. Use science to help me understand that he is real. And he lit up like that, and it opened that door so much. So having an understanding of it is extremely important to be able to reach people for God. Yeah. Fun fun, uh, history fact is that the science movement that we have right now and the study of things was birthed by the Christian movement. Yeah. Because if you have, if God created everything and you see all this, and and the point is to study God or study creation to know, know more about God, when if the God doesn't exist, then there's really no point in studying creation. There's not. I mean, you go back to paganism, and paganism was just like, all right, bad things are really happening, so I guess we should like sacrifice the right things to the God of the sun and the God of the rain and different things like that. Mm-hmm. And so there was no curiosity. There was no emphasis on understanding things mm-hmm. because it was all superstition. Yeah. And so you take God out of it, and actually science kind of falls apart a little bit because there's really no reason, because there's no... There's no governance. There's no um, authority when it comes to science. Then it's all just random, awful, terrible things that happen that just seem to have no. Um, it seems to have uh, no direction, no order. Yeah. Uh, and so I think that's that's kind of an interesting thing is that you know the science movement was birthed out of Absolutely. Christianity and following Jesus. Yeah. I mean, I w- if everything's completely random, 
what's the point of trying to understand it? Right. Exactly. So, you know, I, I would love, I think we could do like a series of podcasts on, on science and religion, but, <laughs> but I, I want to ask Daniel a question. Um, this isn't a hard we one. To, we had to bring it back in, right? You know, just, yeah, I'm trying to be a good <laughs> helper, you know, <laughs> we see that, we see that Jesus is coming. <laughs> we, we, we see that Jesus is coming and we see that that, that comes up in, in what, where we start at verse six and, mm-hmm. and that's kind of a theme through verse, I don't know, kind of through a lot of the rest of this, but yeah. So Daniel, I mean, what do you think, what does that look like? What, what do you think that they mean by Jesus is coming? What's, what do you think on that one? I think that what is, this whole book has really been about is the revelation of the glorified Jesus. And so I think that we're, we're getting, we're seeing all this anticipation when Christ and the bride are revealed and there is this huge marriage celebration. And, and so the Jesus is coming and is actually part of really more of, uh, kind of, there's a, there's a way that the Jewish marriage festival would kind of work out or how it would work is what the groom would do is he would go and he would prepare a place and so he would go off and he would do everything he would do to prepare everything for the bride. And the bride was anticipating waiting. And then there would be this kind of like the groom would come and come to take his bride. And so it was this really big moment in anticipation, not only for the groom to come, but a huge celebration when the groom comes to say, hey, it's ready. Mm-hmm. I'm ready. Let's go, let's be, let's spend life together. And so this whole kind of coming thing really is kind of, um, it's, it, it was intentional the way God had set this kind of culture up in the Jewish culture to show this whole um, groom coming in anticipation with everything prepared, ready to take away and sweep away his bride and go like just spend kind of happily ever after with it, which is kind of a really bad cliche to go with this. But <laughs> when it says Jesus is coming, it's kind of it's pulling back towards that uh, the symbolism that we have uh, in the Jewish culture. But really, I mean, this is the main thing in the Jewish culture part was just the symbol, the sign pointing to this. And so it kind of gives us an imagery of anticipation, the fact that Jesus is doing everything that he can right now to prepare the place to ready for his bride. And then there is now intentionality on the bride's part to be prepared for the groom. Mm -hmm. And that's all part of the uh, Jewish culture. And then now that's kind of, we can take that to to symbolize Christ in the church or Christ in the church is really the the main theme. And then the Jewish culture is more the symbol or the sign. All right. So that, that was a warm up. Daniel. <laughs> All right. I figured I'd give you one that you can knock out of the park <laughs> it's a, first. It's a softball. <laughs> yeah, I figured I'd give you one you can knock out of the park first because this one's more difficult. This is one that, that I really, this is what hit me pretty hard as I was looking at this. So, um, looking at, I'll just read, starting at verse 14, <clears throat> and I'll kind of do a little commentary through it so, so we can kind of figure this thing out. It says, Blessed are those who wash their robes so that they may have the right to the tree of life and that they may enter the city by the gates. So you talked about the bride's preparation. Mm-hmm. That's part of it, right? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. we, our, our, our robes are washed and in, in, in really in the blood of Jesus, right? And, and we're, we're saved, we're prepared. Okay, mm-hmm. now, outside are the dogs and the sorcerers and the sexually immoral and murderers and idolaters and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. So all the bad guys that uh, their robes aren't washed 
they're on the outside of the gate. So they're, so, I mean, the people that are inside, we're thinking the city, like the gates of heaven, right? So these people are in, mm-hmm. we have these other people who are, who are out. And then we have a quote from Jesus. Now, having it set up that way, who is this quote directed to, right? I, it seems to me that this quote is directed to those that he just talked about the outside that the dogs, sexually immoral murders, all those folks, right? So Jesus says, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you about these things for the churches. I am the root and the descendant of David, the bright and morning star. Boom, mic drop, right? Mm-hmm. So Jesus tells these people outside the gates who he is, right? And the story continues. The bride, the spirit and the bride say, so that, So I'm, I'm assuming the Holy Spirit and the bride, meaning probably some of those people, us, the, the, the bride, the church. So we are speaking to these people outside the gates. And what do we say? Come and let the one who hears. So the people outside the gate that hear this message, they're repeating the message. Come and let the one who is thirsty come. Let the one who desires to take the water of life without price. Let the one who desires take the water of life without price. Uh Uh-oh, Houston, we have a problem. Because the Mike Miller version of this, what I'm seeing, and and this is where I need corrected, Daniel, because you need to fix all these things, right? What I'm seeing here is you have people that are in the gates of heaven. You have people that aren't in the gates of heaven. Jesus preaches a message to the people that are outside the gates, and he tells them the gospel, who I am. You know, I'm Jesus. I'm the, I'm the son of David. I'm the bright morning star. You know, <laughs> I am the man, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and then this message is repeated by the bride and repeated by the spirit. And then, and then the message is saying, guys, come. So what do you do with that, <laughs> dear pastor? All right. That's hey, a rough one. Brent, you want to take no ahead? I actually, I actually have something. <laughs> I, I have some thoughts too about it. Uh, but yeah, do you, do you want to go ahead? Yeah, just quickly on mine, because I was actually considering going into this next and explain it, because I had to read this a couple times to, for it to make sense to me. I was like, yeah. wait a minute, Jesus has already come, and they're talking about the new heaven, new earth being established and everything being finished. Mm-hmm. So I was like, why are they now saying these words about Jesus coming? And it, what I took from it, my understanding is at the end of... Um, verse 5, where it's kind of the end of the descriptive terms about what heaven will be and what, what everything will be after this, where it says Jesus is coming, I feel like it takes it back from John prophesying what he's seeing back to the message that they're telling to John for him to tell the people. Okay. Um, so then he, he, and, and he said to me these words, and he at this point is the angel that was sent. Um, and he said to me, these words are trustworthy and true. And the Lord, uh, the God of the prophets, cause I was like, why is it not written in red when he's being told these things? Because but it's the because angel. it's the angel and mm-hmm. not Jesus. Mm-hmm. Right. So then you have that being said. And then Jesus says, and behold, I am coming soon. Blessed is the one who keeps the words and the prophecy of this book. So to me, he's telling that to us now, people that will read this before this stuff happens. So in other words, this is like, you're saying that this is like part of his closing because he yeah. just, he just got done talking about Jesus is coming and then pause, break. Now I'm closing down the writing of this book. Tell everybody this message. That's kind of where... Yeah, okay. now he's talking to the people reading this before this stuff has happened again. That, that's how I took it, because I had to read it multiple times, because like this yeah. isn't making sense to me at all. And that was how it ended up flipping. I was like, oh, it changes the context. It's not talking about this is what will happen anymore in, in every, when everything is done. Now it's 
So in closing, everyone who's listening to this message, these are my things that I'm saying to you. Pay attention to these things. Do not um, add or take away from this prophecy because I'm coming soon kind of thing. Well, and it's also we hear John again. So uh, we've yeah. been hearing like all prophecy, 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 and then the end and then what uh, the new heaven, new earth is going to look like. And then John starts pulling himself out like he's saying, talking about himself in the third person mm-hmm. uh, of saying here, I saw these things. I'm testifying to these things. And so and I don't so I don't think it's it, it's like fluid as far as how it's connected. And I think that um, when it says come, it says come. I think that's the invitation that we have currently. I think that's the current the current invitation uh, that we have because there is going to be a time when basically we're all judged and then that's done like the the judgment's final. There's no like hey there's a no appeal process you know it's it's all kind of it's done and it's final and and so I think that 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 he's just kind of hitting a couple summaries when he's coming through here. Um, I think what's interesting though is that there is a outside. I don't know if that how like close that is to the gates like what outside actually means yeah. it's not real it's 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 a vague word i mean outside yeah. could be like eternities apart and it's still outside of the gates you right. know what i mean and so i i don't know if that means that there's going to be because uh, there's that the parable of lazarus that mm-hmm. where he sees uh where the rich man sees lazarus in abraham's bosom and so he's able to see somebody in heaven even though he's not in heaven right and so I don't know. I don't know what that means. I don't know how that will work, kind of work out. I think that um, it is a it is a really unfortunate thing for people that reject Jesus. You know, I mean, it is terrible what you're what they are going to experience, and that's unfortunately that's just that is what it is. And then yeah. you know, and so there's this opportunity that we have to receive grace, and um, and so yeah, yeah. So I don't think that this is like a second opportunity for people. Uh, to then now receive Jesus after all these things has transpired, it kind of, it kind of goes away a little bit from the character and nature of God. Because one thing that God loves to do is He rewards those who pursue Him mm-hmm. and who trust Him and who love Him as God. And to have somebody that goes all the way to the end and finally be like, "All right, God, I guess you've already showed that you're all really cool. So I guess <laughs> I'm gonna come and say, Yay, I believe in Jesus. Come.' And then like they get to experience all the, the I mean, glory that's, and that's the what you want your wife to say to you, right? Yeah, yeah. All right, I guess you. All right. <laughs> yeah. I know. Well, kind of you know, drag but, your feet in. Yeah. Well, with an application of this, it, I think there's there's something that to be said is. Uh, and Daniel, you know, has some good thoughts, and and he, you said something though that you don't know. Like some of the stuff, it's so hidden in, in metaphor, absolutely, and, it, and it's so difficult. And then when you look at translations and going from Jesus speaking in Aramaic, being translated into Greek, and then being translated into English, and then people putting their bias in the translations, sometimes it's a mess, and, and sometimes it's difficult to be certain of things that we we, we really don't hear that much about. Mm-hmm. To be honest, the afterlife is not something that we get that much content. If you look at how huge the Bible is, we're told how to live our lives a lot. We're told very little about the afterlife, and we just have a little bit here and there, and it's so hidden in the shroud of metaphor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think something that we can do for our application is regardless of whether regardless of whether you think that, that there is hope afterlife of, of posthumous salvation, or you think that this is it, there's one thing that's very important, and that's Jesus. And what I mean by that is people need Jesus. He is the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father except through him, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And, and, and 
salvation is not just uh, esca. How do they say it? Eschatological. <laughs> yeah. It's not just about the afterlife. Mm-hmm. It's it's not just about the end of the world. Yes. Jesus is about life. Mm-hmm. Je- Jesus is is the light. He, he he illuminates not just heaven, but he illuminates our life. The Holy Spirit works within us, mm-hmm. and and that matters. So I think an application for this is that we should tell people about Jesus regardless of of whether you think that this is talking about posthumous salvation sure. or not. People need the Lord. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't either, either way, people need the Lord. Tell people about Jesus and if necessary use words. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I think that that you make a good point, Michael, that so if if this is the case and this is we interpret this and take this as as absolute like like after death salvation and um then that what are the consequences of that understanding? Does that mean then we have apathy when it comes to what we see is going on around us and thus we see the hurt and the pain and we see people destroying their families because of the choices that we're making? But, hey, don't worry, they'll be able to accept Jesus after they die. Mm-hmm. you know. And so I think that there's a huge, um, there's a consequence that can come from that kind of mentality and it goes so contrary to everything else. I mean, you see, you see martyrs. Why would they die for something if they could just receive Jesus after they died? Why would they give up every single possible thing and endure so much awful things for the name of Jesus mm-hmm. just so they could get it? Because they could get it later on. Why not enjoy life right now and enjoy everything that life has to offer? Because I think you're absolutely right, Michael, that Jesus is about life. He's at, He is about life here, and he's about life and life abundantly here. He's about the restoration now, but also we're going to see the ultimate restoration in the future, the ultimate healing, the ultimate restoring of all things that Preach have been brother. destroyed. Yeah, and <laughs> Hallelujah. Start getting rolling. Thank you, here. Jesus. One, one thing I know, we this is a small tangent, but I think this is really kind of, it sticks out to me. It's very interesting. Is how the angel responds to John trying to worship him. That's exactly yeah. what I was just getting yeah. to. Yeah. I love that. I think it's so cool because the angel is like, one, I think... I think the angel probably has a pretty good perspective of what it means to try to to steal God's worship like Satan did. And yeah. then that didn't work out really good for him. Yeah. Um, but also, I think what's really cool about that is that means that every time you look back into the Bible and you see an angel appear and somebody uh, worships him and the angel doesn't say anything mm. and receives that worship, that's Jesus. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Like, yeah. Every time you look back, like so, like when uh, Joshua worships uh, Jesus right before the Battle of Jericho, when the guy when the guy appears, that's Jesus. That's Jesus. I'm before. glad you said that because I've had that thought before and I've been afraid <laughs> to say that out loud. No, because and this tells us that if if somebody's worshiping it and it's an angel, the angel will be like, "Oh no, do not worship yeah. me. I'm not. This is not happening." <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know, and that I think that's so like cool. like Shaggy wasn't me. <laughs> And I, I think it's just amazing that you, you we get to see that like, man, like like the angels know how powerful worship is, yeah. And the angels know that even though they are really scary, every time an angel shows up, it's not cute. It's like terrifying, yeah. You know, yeah. and but they know the power of worship, yeah. and they know that that this is you know how dangerous it is when you worship the wrong thing, yeah. And, and so, but I think it's also cool to see those little nuggets now going back through like the Old Testament when you see yeah. an angel appear and somebody worships it and the angel says nothing and you know that's Jesus. Yeah, that's cool. And, and I, I love to have too, angels like, and the angel of the Lord. 
Yeah. yeah. They, I mean, they put the emphasis on there too with the exclamation point. He's like, you must not do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but how cool, um, because he says the next line, I am a fellow servant with you and your brothers, the prophets. I mean, you know, you think about angels and you're like, man, these beings from heaven, they're like, you know, no, they're right there with us. They're mm-hmm. right on the front lines. Mm-hmm. They're fellow servants. That's just really cool to me. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Something I'd never had communicated before that I'd really seen. Um, all right. Well, I, you know, guys, I think we need to wrap it up. That's about all the time that we have for today. Um, who would like to pray? Either one of you? Either one of da- you? Daniel would really love to pray. <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right. Daniel's going to pray for us, and then we will get out of here. All right. Let's pray. Uh, Lord, we just uh, thank you. Thank you that you have revealed uh, to us just your glory, your majesty, but also your plan that you want to be with us, that you have prepared a place for us and that it's beautiful and that it's unbelievable and that you love us and that you can't wait to just pour good gifts into our lives and into our situations. But that's not just in heaven, that's here and now because you are about life, you are about relationship and you are about us experiencing all the amazing things that you have for us. And so, Lord, I just pray that as we read this this last chapter of your word, God, that we would, we would know that you're good and that you're trustworthy and that you're going to bring all things under you and under your authority and that you are going to bring perfect justice. And so, Lord, I just pray that whatever we come into our situation personally right now, that that is a hope that will never fail us, that will never be squashed or squelched. And Lord, I just pray that um, that we would see you, Jesus, as glorified and amazing, and that it will change us. But not only us, it will change the way we interact with people, because people matter to you, God, and you want to be in relationship with every single person here on this planet. So I pray that we would just see that as as, as a calling as a wonderful opportunity to be a part of your work here, of bringing heaven down here on earth. And so, God, I just pray that there is a stirring in us, Lord, to uh, just have uh, be in relationship with people intentionally and, and open up the lines of communication and conversation uh, so that somehow we might be able to communicate that there is hope and that there is so much beauty when we worship you and that when we experience the relationship that comes from worship and when we worship with our lives. And so, Lord, I just pray that you would put a blessing on everybody that's listening to this podcast. Thank you so much for Brent and Michael and all that they do to make this possible. And Lord, just thank you that you've made a way to bring us home in your name. Amen. 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 Thank you, Daniel. Yeah. All right, everybody. Well, that does it for the weekly impact podcast. Cause that's the end, right? That's the end <laughs> of the world. No, um, as Daniel mentioned before, um, next week we will be back into the beginning of the new Testament again. Um, and we as a church that he mentioned as well, we also do um, this This podcast is to go along with our chapter a day movement that we have here at the church. So if you're somebody who doesn't come to church with us here or if you are and you don't know about this, um, you can go to our Facebook page um, and every week we're posting each day what the reading is going to be so that we're all on the same page. If you want to do that and join in with us, we would love to have you join us in reading a chapter a day. Um, so anyway, spread the word if you would. But uh, besides that, we just thank you so much for joining us up to this point, and we'll talk to you next week. Mm